0: Meanwhile, I'm looking for a great warrior. The <laughs> not to
1: make one great. <laughs> wow, this place is great. Yeah, if you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of the Hall of Greatness. This is going to be the first of... Um, What I hope are many of these types of episodes where I'm going to sit down with other members of my family and talk about the things that we think that are great. Uh, That is, after all, what the Hall of Greatness is for, is to celebrate all things great, things that are making us happy, and broadening that out so it's not just me and JB talking about what middle-aged white guys think is awesome. (laughs) <laughs> so I really want this to be a platform for everyone. And that starts with my own family and branching out to what the kids are into. And I am fascinated by some of this stuff. And I am going to start off by saying that I am not the expert here. Um, but I have someone who is. Uh, and that's my daughter, who we are using a pseudonym with. Pseudonym with Her pseudonym is Mary. Which is short for Marionette, which is a character that she has created uh, in some of her role plays with some of her friends. And uh, welcome, Mary. Welcome to the Hall of Greatness. Sup. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, welcome. Um, Mary, we're going to talk about two of your favorite things here today. What are those two things?
0: Doki Doki Literature Club and Undertale.
1: Okay, so... For those people who do not know, these are both computer games, right? Yes. video games.
0: However, Doki Doki has a mobile version, which costs money, unfortunately. And Undertale has a PS4 version, which I highly recommend. Especially if you get the collector's edition.
1: Right. So these are video games. Doki Doki Literature Club is... I want to say it... It's it's not a Japanese dating sim, but that's like the basic idea of it is there's a whole group of video games of dating simulators where you choose between different people that you want to date, right? This is like a whole genre of video games.
0: Some of the most popular include Doki Doki Literature Club and one of my personal favorites, Honey Pop.
1: And Doki Doki Literature Club is more than a dating sim though is it starts off as a dating sim, but then there's like really deep elements of like horror and I I don't you're the expert here. How would you categorize it?
0: Well, before we get into that, I like to say for any listeners who've already made it this far, please before listening to this, there will be spoilers for both games so, They are best experience blind, so I recommend going to play them. Undertale is about $10 on Steam or so, so pretty cheap. Maybe it's gotten a little bit more expensive with all the popularity, and on computer, Doki Doki Literature Club is, in fact, free.
1: Wow. So Doki Doki Literature Club, free.
0: Yeah, like, on mobile, it does cost money to download it, but... With the way, if you delete an app, you you can re-download it. It will, you only have to purchase it once, if I will get into that later, because okay. spoilers.
1: Yeah, there there's spoilers with, that's what's so interesting, is both of these games is that there are elements of meta games, if you will. Uh, which is something that I think mm-hmm. is so cool, is like... You know, back in my day when we played the Super Mario, like, I, I'm i joking, but, you know, but that was it. You put in a cartridge, you played the game, that was it. Now you have these games, you finish them, you think you finish them, and then, but you can go in and do all sorts of crazy things with the game to, like, unlock secret endings and different different things about it and so even though the whole point in doki doki literature club is to like choose your favorite girl that you want to date by doing all these secret things it turns kind of scary and crazy
0: i'd call it a psychological horror game since Mm -hmm. it it starts out as a normal dating simulator as you say but There's this huge festival that the club is preparing for and the day of the festival is when the horror begins and when everything starts to take a turn for the worst. The game ends on that day and you have to replay it to unlock everything else, which is when the horror truly begins and you keep going until the game closes out again if you decide to play it even further than that. And then you have to start messing with the files in order to end the game once yeah. and for all, pretty much. And then, in order to get the real, real ending, you... Well, the real, real ending that's bad anyways. There is an alternate half-year ending, which I personally have no clue how to get. The most information I know is that you have to make all the girls happy. But in order to get the real, real bad ending, <laughs> you have to play through the game a third time. Hmm. And then the game will end on its own with a character deleting everything and just destroying the game completely We're to the point where it no longer exists. And if you ever want to play it again from the beginning with everything intact, you have to re-download it which is why it costs money on mobile.
1: <laughs> That's so weird. That's and really kind of cool and crazy. So it's like but it's like the characters of the game have like come alive and like take over your computer and delete the game and corrupt the game. Technically
0: only 2 of them do though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, two of them are completely normal, completely sane. Well, I use the term sane very generically Mm -hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. but only two of them become self-aware as it's been mentioned
1: gotcha so but one of the things that you wanted to do is one of the things we like to do is we like to rank things and order things like who are your favorites so you wanted to rank your favorite characters from Doki Doki Literature Club so how would you do that and and why would you give them that order?
0: Well, to start out with, like, who belongs in what rank, I'd start out by eliminating the protagonist since that is just you. They aren't a real character in the game, per se. hmm Instead of, like, in other games where...
1: Oh, like, who's but... your favorite character from Mario? Oh, well, Mario's probably there. Or Luigi, or...
0: Yeah, like, they have a set personality. They do all of this stuff, and they do it all exactly the same. However, that is not the same thing as with a role-playing game. Just the character you are, you don't exactly get to choose, I guess. And, like, everything's already predetermined, except for how the story will play out, which you choose as that character.
1: Right. So, but then, of the other girls in the game?
0: Well, I'd start by analyzing their personalities, like... Right after that, what they do for the first time you play through the game. Mm -hmm. Then I'd go into the deeper meaning behind all of it. Like, what are their quirks? What goes wrong with them? What is their so dark secret that is hidden on the surface? So, yeah, I'd start by analyzing what their personalities are. So, like, let's start off with naming all of them. There is Sayori, your childhood best friend, who you meet at the very beginning of the game. Natsuki, the adorable little freshman who's, a, to get into some anime manga terms, a tsundere. Mm-hmm. Which, for those who don't know, a tsundere is pretty much a person who, like, the way I describe it, they don't take compliments very well, they're always super sassy. Sometimes super childish in the case of Natsuki. And they, when they have feelings for someone, they really do not like expressing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, if someone even mentions the idea, they're just like, no, I don't have a crush on that person, dummy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they tend to use a lot of language like that. Like, to get into specifics, like, what I believe is the anime stereotypical term for idiot baka
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm sorry for anyone who's a fan of that and I may be getting that wrong I am sorry uh-huh. there's Snatsky wrapped up for you the little anime nerd who is very childish in a tsundere then there is Yuri who I'd say is the most mature of the group I believe she is a senior or I'm not sure I don't think it's ever mentioned but I like to think she is a senior in high school, this all takes place in high school, by the way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there is Yuri, the shy quiet one. That's all there is to say about her on the surface, the shy quiet one. Okay. And of course, Monica, the leader of the group. The one who very off putting from the start, she's the only one whose name doesn't end with an I. She's the only one who wears pink and sp- pink tights instead of white tights. Or is it pink shoes instead of black shoes? It's something like that. She's the only one whose school uniform is different,
2: mm.
1: let's
0: say. Yeah, she's very off-putting from the start. Like, if you notice those little details, very off-putting from the start. Uh-huh. And then, going into the deeper meaning, let's go back to Sayori. Childhood best friend. Usually very happy, but as you learn later in the game, she has very bad depression and has been struggling with it for her entire life. And when the horror begins, it actually starts with Sayori being overwhelmed by her depression and, sorry this may get a little bit disturbing for some people, so stop listening now if you're disturbed. Mm -hmm. She... Hangs herself, and you find her hanging. You find her having hung herself in her room when she is late to this big festival that's going on. Mm -hmm. And. Well, you first go to the literature club, realize she realizes she's not there, and then Monica shows up and first gives the hint of it happening and being like you really left Sayori hanging around, did you? Or something like that. I don't remember the line exactly. Uh-huh. Which gives Monica even more of an unsettling feeling. Uh-huh. Then the game ends as soon as the protagonist and you realize that Sayori is gone. She's just dead. She's she's committed suicide. She's gone. That, and
1: that took a very dark turn for a dating sim.
0: And especially since it gives off such a bright, happy feeling.
1: I know, right?
0: It's like, all of these people have colorful hair, it's a very colorful game, it's all about, like, happiness in the form of poems, which Mm. is how you choose which route you want to go as well. Like, the poem mechanic is how you choose who you want to be. You choose words based off of everyone's personality. Like, Natsuki likes all the simple, childish ones. And say... Uh, Yuri likes all the complicated and deeper meaning ones and mm-hmm. then Sayori is right in the middle mm-hmm. there is no option for Monica which also sets her apart from the rest of the group
1: so I have a question for you there's a lot of people who would say that that content is too mature for like middle schoolers and high schoolers uh, or or other kids to be playing what what do you say to that
0: I'd say- say wait at least until you're in like approaching the end of approaching the end of seventh to eighth grade if you can handle that kind of stuff otherwise wait until like end of end of freshman year but if you
1: can handle it but some people would be like no like teenagers shouldn't be Playing those types of things anyway, because that's just that's just too dark. Like, why can't video games be, you know, Princess Peach and you know even even a regular dating sim or like a regular RPG, um, like an Earthbound or something like that. Like, even though they might have darker themes, they don't get that dark. There's not suicide and murder or anything like that. So do you do you think that is appropriate for kids or what I don't know what are what are your thoughts on that
0: I'd say it's not appropriate for like maybe preteens and younger kids but like if they can handle it and if their parents are okay with it then yes teens should be able to play it
1: mhm what do you think about i don't know shows like 13 reasons why or something like that like you we haven't watched that but i know like that's a big thing mm-hmm. and you know people talk about it like i don't know but
0: what i know about it the people i hang out with they don't even know what 13 reasons why is uh huh And for a very good reason, because the people I hang out with, they all have, to put it generically, mental issues. Okay. Like, it's nothing serious, but to just make it a bit more generic, I don't want to say anything specific. Sure. They all have issues with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I'd say, yeah, it's... If they really do think they can handle it, then... They can do what they want to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I'd say proceed with caution. It Even at the beginning of Doki Doki Lurcher Club, before you even start the game for your first time, it gives you the warning, this game is not for children or those who are easily disturbed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that message will change, which is one of the Easter eggs of the game.
1: So they're, they're definitely trying to mess with you, and it's that whole thing... I, I don't know, that seems to be like a a big thing with, like, internet creepypasta and uh, other things like a a haunted video game or, you know, something has possessed your computer. Like, uh, Ben Drowned or Sonic.exe or some of these other things. It's like, oh, it's really spooky and uh, a ghost has taken over your computer. Like, Lavender Town, like... like Lavender Town, perfect example. Like, I don't know, it's it's like, but that's a whole thing, and it's cool that, like, Doki Doki Literature Club would include stuff like that, because, like, I think that's just where we're at in terms of, like, games right now. And I know when I was younger, it was like, uh, when I was your age, we had the Mortal Kombat, and no, but seriously, like, everyone was so up in arms about Mortal Kombat, and like, oh, there's so much blood, and it's so gross, and everything, and it's just like it's it's just a game like, I, I, like playing Mortal Kombat never made me, like, violent at all.
0: Yeah, um, like unless like, it clearly has a warning that it could affect you in a way like that if you're, like emotionally sensitive i guess right. then it won't exactly affect people
1: right so we've we've gone kind of uh far on off on a tangent about like video game content do you want to go back to ranking uh the the girls in doki doki literature club
0: yes so we finished Sayori. Okay. like we know her quirks we know that she is the one who's been She is the one who hides her true emotions. She's always super happy, energetic, loves food. Like, seriously, she tried to steal money from the protagonist to go buy a snack, which is a scene in the game. One of my favorites, to be honest. Moving on to Natsuki. She is the one who... The reason she acts so childish and so defensive is because is she's the one who doesn't feel safe at home. Her her dad is really abusive to her. She's abused by her dad, pretty much. It's only hinted at once or twice, but we everyone knows that that is Natsuki's little quirk. That is Natsuki's problem. That's why she is also part of all of this. Otherwise, she could just be left out of the game altogether. Mm-hmm. But she's there for the added element of more messing with your mind. hmm And to, like, give off a different personality as well. So it's not just between three people. hmm Especially with the way Sayori's death affects the game. Like, once Sayori dies, you have to restart, and the game only messes up because Sayori is no longer there. So, Sayori's death is what causes all of this. Hmm. So, the game will only start to really malfunction once Sayori dies, which was already a malfunction in itself, let's say. Back on topic of personalities and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then there is Yuri. She is a masochist. She loves pain, she self-harms because she gets some sort of rush from cutting herself. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of a yandere for those who know what a yandere
2: is. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, a yandere someone who is so obsessed with someone where they will go to the point of hurting or killing other people just so that person will love them.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, she is a yandere and is completely obsessed with the protagonist. Eventually, she'll start pulling you away from the other girls because she thinks you may fall in love with them instead of her. Mm -hmm. So the game will seriously force you into Yuri's route. Let's say you're going to Natsuki. Yuri will get so upset that she will seriously force you into her route. And Yuri's death eventually asks you, like, oh, do you want to be my boyfriend or something like that? And if you say yes, she gets so excited that she will, if you say no, she will go completely insane, completely psycho, and stab herself, and kill herself. Whoa. No matter what, whether you say yes or no, she will stab herself and kill herself, no matter what.
1: Okay, so, I mean, this again, this game is getting pretty dark. That means, like... Two of the four girls are gonna end up dead no matter what you do.
0: Natsuki technically dies, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no set death for Natsuki. In fact, what people could consider Natsuki's death, I. Uh, Natsuki's death, sorry. What people could consider Natsuki's death, I didn't even run into when I was playing Doki Doki Literature Club. Okay. So, it's mainly just thrown in there to get rid of Natsuki somehow. hmm So, everyone's probably wondering about Monica, for those who don't know her dark secrets already. Right. Monica. She is one of the two who becomes self-aware. She falls in love with not only the protagonist, but you, the player behind the protagonist. Ooh, fun. So, she brings out the other girls' worst traits in an attempt to make you like her more Mm -hmm. and kills them and deletes them in the process. So she messes with the game's files and deletes everyone. Especially if you watch the files as you're playing, you can see them all being deleted one by one. Uh Uh-huh. Eventually, once you realize Monica has deleted everyone, she will bring you to a screen where it's just her in the club room, and she will talk to you. And there are two different options for what to do now. Well, three if you download a mod for the game, Monica After Story which I, I have been enjoying a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. So... There are two different options if you do not download the mod. You can either leave the game as it is and never come back to it, or just see what happens with that in the game Mm -hmm. if you leave it there long enough. I personally don't know what happens since I have the mod and have been playing that instead. Or you can go and delete Monica herself, which will end the game from that point. You will delete Monica, and then the game will somewhat repair itself to where you have every single girl except for monica and sayori takes on monica's role and because sayori does that she becomes self-aware and become and falls in love with you the player
1: wow so that's uh again pretty pretty out there for a simple dating sim Awesome. So if you, I, I don't know, are, did you want to try and rank them? Or did you just want to explain what made like each of them like cool and unique?
0: I did, in fact, want to rank them. Okay. But I wanted to explain what we were dealing with first. Okay,
1: so go for it. How, where, where would you rank them?
0: My number four. Sadly, as much as I love her... I'm gonna have to put Natsuki at number four. Okay. I know one of my friends personally really loves Natsuki and keeps saying to me that Natsuki is the best girl. Mm-hmm. But as much as I love her, for the purpose of this ranking, I'm gonna have to put her at the bottom. Otherwise, they'd all be number one because they're also different and they're also great in their own ways. I have no favorite, but. This is only for the purpose of the ranking. Then number three, probably Yuri. Okay. She is the one I relate to the least. Okay. But she is better than Natsuki. She doesn't really have that kind of filler role kind of feel. Mm-hmm. She is very complicated once you get into her. And for all of the listeners that are also fans of Game Theory... They all know, like, if they've seen the Doki Doki Literature Club theory, Matt Pat says Yuri may be the villain of a separate game.
1: Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Matt Pat is a YouTuber, and Game Theory is a YouTube channel where he analyzes video games and uh, and makes theories about what they are. But yes, we'll have to do. I think we need to do an entire episode on. Matt Pat and game theory and film theory, and why they're great. Because I I think he's awesome. I have I have a man crush on Matt Pat.
0: <laughs> he's the one who inspired me to go into theater in the first place.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. So anyway, but yes. So if you're going off of off of that um, that theory, then that that obviously sheds that light on there. Go go on.
0: Then number two. Sayori, She is the one I relate to the most, but is only triumphed by Monica for the sheer fact that Monica is such an interesting character. And the fact that she becomes self-aware and goes through all this trouble and makes herself the villain in the process. In a game that really should have no villain, that really should have no problem per se... She makes herself the villain by falling madly in love with the player. So, she's just awesome. And just Monica, as the game says over and over and over again. hmm So, that should about sum up the ranking for Doki Doki.
1: Okay. So, uh, that's really interesting. And like you said... Uh, There are obviously going to be other people who agree, disagree with this. Uh, That's what's great about rankings, is they are kind of personal. And if you agree, disagree, then uh, leave us a comment on the episode, let us know. I would love to hear what other people think about this. But the next thing we're going to talk about, this is going to go really kind of far afield. We are going to not only talk about Undertale, but we are going to talk about alternate universes of Undertale. So let me see if I can explain Undertale and you tell me if if I get everything in here that we need to know. Undertale is another game. It is kind of a throwback to uh, old school JRPGs like Earthbound and... The idea is, is that you are a human named Frisk who falls into the underground where all of these monsters have been banished to, and uh, you are told upon meeting the the first monster that you meet is a little flower named Flowey, and Flowey tells you that down here it's kill or be killed. Then you meet. Uh, Another kindly goat lady who kind of takes you under her wing and wants to keep you and mother you and keep you safe. And also teaches you there's another way through this world, which is by trying to be kind and compassionate and a route of pacifism. And that even when you have to fight these monsters, that you don't have to actually kill them at the end.
0: Uh, Not meaning to interrupt you, but... I feel like you should say the name, her name is Toriel, and yes. she is a goat, hence the nickname Goat
2: Mom.
1: Goat Mom. And her name is Toriel, and it's like the tutorial level of the game, so that's that's also a pun. So yes.
0: Thanks, Toby.
1: Thank you, thank you for pointing that out, because um, <laughs> otherwise we would have missed that joke. Then you play through this game, Undertale, and you can play it again. Major spoilers for Undertale. If you haven't played Undertale, stop here. Um, Or if you don't care about them. But I think this is fascinating. You can play Undertale one of several ways. You can either go a completely pacifist route where you do not kill anybody. You can do what is called a genocide route where you go and you kill Everybody. Not only do you have to kill everyone, but you have to go and find secret monsters, and you have to actually actively seek out everyone and kill all of them. And uh, that—that's the the genocide route.
0: Hardest route in the game.
1: Hardest route in the game. Yes. And then there <laughs> is a a medium way where you kill some, you spare some. And that's that's the sort of medium ending. So, what happens when you beat the game, uh, especially on uh, the, the pacifist route? It kicks you out of the game, and you think the game's over. And you have to go in and actually play the final levels again to beat it again. Right? Am I am I saying this right?
0: Yes. Technically, it happens in both the medium or neutral route and pacifist. Mm -hmm. With the final boss of the neutral and second to last boss in pacifist. Mm -hmm. Where it will kick you out of the game and you have to go back and fight that boss.
1: Right. Uh But
0: yes, as soon as you beat that boss in the pacifist route, it does kick kick you out again, gives you what you think is the ending, but if you go back, do not reset the game, and instead continue, you have unlocked extra levels that you have to complete in order to get the true ending.
1: Right. What One of the things that this game kind of opens up is after you've beaten it, it's it's kind of like chaos theory, and there are multiple timelines. There's multiple alternate universes uh, out there in which Undertale is existing. And so there are a ton of people who have taken Undertale and then started writing their own fan fiction about it and building their own alternative universes of Undertale and all of these characters. And there there are comics, there are... Uh, animated comics, there's uh, you know, online fanfic, all sorts of other stuff I I don't know what else there are of...
0: Fan art Wikipedia articles sure, Entire animation series instead of animated comics, Mm -hmm. uh, comic dubs Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course there's all the Let's Players playing Undertale My personal favorite being Jacksepticeye
1: Yeah, (laughs) so uh, what we want to talk about are, we want to talk about your favorite alternative universe, or AU, Sans characters. Now, let's talk about Sans and why he is such, he's the iconic character of Undertale, as far as I'm concerned. Everyone thinks of Sans, right?
0: Yes, and to get a bit more specific about when people think Undertale, what characters do they think about? They think about one of four characters, one of which being Sans, which is often the most common thought about. Right. The other, or er, three, the second one, which most people think about, Papyrus, Sans's brother. Mm-hmm. The Skeleton Brothers, as people call them. Mm -hmm. Lots of people think about them. They're hilarious. They are amazing. Then there's Frisk, your main character, your protagonist. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea how to pronounce this name, so I'm just going to go with my gut. Correct Mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. But Kara, the demon.
1: Right. Some people say Kara. Some people say Chara.
0: Other people say Kara. (laughs) Yeah,
1: some people say Kara. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, we will wait for Toby Fox to tell us personally. Toby Fox, if you're listening, come on the podcast. Tell us how to say Kara's name.
0: Please. (laughs) 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 Or Tammy, Or Tammy, Or
1: tell us. Yeah, sure. Uh, You know, feel free to weigh in on any of this. But yeah, so there are all of these characters. Why do people like Sans?
0: Well, Sans. In Neutral and Pacifist... He is sort of like the comic relief. And fun fact for those who don't know, Sans and Papyrus' names are actually based off of the font, uh, Comic Sans and Papyrus. Right. Hence Sans being comic relief.
1: Yep, Sans. Another is comic- hidden pun. Yeah, Sans is comic relief, except in the genocide route, where-, where he's the final boss. And oh my gosh, that is a tough boss fight, right?
0: I know from experience, I have yet to beat him. And in fact, I've had to restart several times.
1: So other reasons that people like Sans. Uh, You mentioned before he's comic relief. He's really funny. Uh, He makes a lot of puns. What are some other reasons why people like Sans?
0: Well, the fact that his personality is really deep, I guess. It's like, there's, if you do the pacifist, you, you get, like, his surface personality. You get the comic relief, you get the puns, you get the funny, good guy side of him. But if you do genocide, you see the other side of him, where he's really angry that you killed everyone and kills you. Well, tries well, to kill you, anyways.
1: Well, and I mean, if you can't beat him, then he does kill you, but... yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the other things that uh, people bring up is that Sans is a meme lord. Oh,
0: meme lord Sans. Uh, That Uh, comes from the fan comic Ask Frisk and Company. Okay. Where there is a segment where Sans gets possessed by Kara. It was originally supposed to be he defeated them with his imagination, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it just turned into a bunch of memes and a parody of the song All-Star.
1: So, and they don't stop coming and they don't stop coming.
0: Well, the memes start coming and they don't stop coming.
1: <laughs> so, Actual line. <laughs> there you go. Let's get back to the idea of alternate universe sanses. What What do you want to give us? Do you want to give us your top five? Top three? Well, how many sanses do we want to talk about?
0: I say let's go Top ten?
1: Top ten? Okay. There
0: are hundreds upon hundreds, I say at least ten of them should be mentioned.
1: Okay, so... To,
0: like, get people started.
1: Okay, start with number ten.
0: Number ten. Underfell Sans.
1: Okay, what is Underfell?
0: Lots of people like to say Underfell is the edgy version of Undertale. Basically the same game... Except with, if you do Pacifist, it feels like you're playing Genocide.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you're still doing Pacifist and get the same ending as a result.
1: Okay. And so why is Underfell Sands your number 10?
0: Well, I'm personally not a huge fan of Underfell, but it was one of the two original AUs. So it at least deserves a spot somewhere.
1: So, number nine.
0: The more famous of the two original AUs, Underswap. Okay. I am a huge fan of Underswap Sans.
1: So, so, again, what is Underswap and why is Underswap Sans great?
0: Underswap. It's where a bunch of the, well, all of the characters in Undertale get swapped with another character, like Toriel and Asgore are swapped, Undyne and Alphys are swapped, Sans and Papyrus are swapped. Okay. Where it's not like their roles change, it's mainly personality. Instead of Papyrus being the one who wants to join the Royal Garden and wants to capture a human so badly, it's Sans who wants it this time. And Papyrus is the lazy, pun making, chilled brother.
1: Gotcha. So, number eight.
0: Number eight. Trickster Error. He comes from the little mini series, I guess, called Trickster Tale where a bunch of AU Sanses are infected with something from, I believe, Earthbound called the Trickster Virus. It starts out with Underswap Sans, and being possessed or something like that by the Trickster Virus person, something like that, and he goes around infecting all of these different AU Sanses. And my personal favorite is Trickster Error.
1: And, and why why do you like him so much?
0: The way the trickster virus works, one of the major effects is that it changes the look of people. I really like Trickster Air's design. Very colorful. His nickname is Sweetheart, and he's based off of the candy sweethearts. Okay. So he has, like, sweethearts floating above his skull. He's all colorful. Uh, I can't remember it off of the top of my head, but he really is sweet. Okay. And I really like the ship that has been made of Trickster Gino and Trickster Error.
1: Ship as in relationship, like you're shipping characters together. Yes. Correct? Okay, cool. So, number seven.
0: Number seven. Dream Swap Nightmare. Dream Swap Nightmare. Dream Swap is a... AUAU, which is an alternate universe of an alternate universe. Very complicated things that we're going into already. Okay. For those who don't know, Dreamtale is about two brothers. Uh, one gets jealous of the other and ends up being corrupted and destroys everything. And in Dream Swap, the roles are reversed. Very similar to Underswap. Dream Swap Nightmare, instead of being corrupted, he is now the one who is not corrupted and trying to bring his brother back.
1: Number five, Ink Sands. Now, you dressed up as Ink Sands as a cosplay at the last Salt Lake Comic Con. Yes, I right? did. So you really like Ink Sands. What is it about Ink Sands that you like?
0: Again, very colorful. He, seriously, everything about him is rainbow. Mm hmm. Like, people even say, since there's a common theme of souls in Undertale, his soul is rainbow-colored. Hmm. I like that people think of him as the creator of all AUs. He was the, the one who created everything. He created the original Undertale. He created everything within the AU community. I really like that people think of him as the creator and the normal version of Error as the one who sets the balance and destroys everything.
1: Okay. And Ink sands, he has a giant paintbrush, and he goes around painting things? Is that his deal? What?
0: He paints things, and they come to life, pretty much. Okay. (laughs) Like, if he chooses to. Okay. That's what I've heard. Number four. Number four. Gans.
1: Gans?
0: Gans. He comes from a very not well-known AU, but it's going to get pretty popular soon, I believe. Because um, with the dub I've seen, it features a very famous person who does comic dubs. Uh, her name's Anya Depecent. I love her. She does one of my favorite comics mm-hmm. of all time. So... Gans comes from the AUGZ tale, or Gullsy tale, which is basically very similar to Undertale with a few added details. Gans has an alter ego, which I will get more into later.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: His brother is very murderous, I guess. Sans is now an outlaw or Gans, I should say. Gans is an outlaw.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All because Asgore created, who is the king of the underground, by the way, mm-hmm. Asgore created this law where all humans who come into the underground must die, okay. no matter what. And if you choose to protect humans instead of killing them, you will become an outlaw. Gans is an outlaw for that sole reason. And Gans's backstory, minor spoilers, um, He was abused by his father, Dr. Gaster, and was forced to take what's known as determination pills, and it really affected him in a bad way. Okay. It angered him so much, I guess, that he went and attacked his own brother, which turned Papyrus to the murderous side of things. Oh. Yeah. Very dark, but very awesome.
1: So now we're on number three. Yeah. Okay. Number three.
0: Melancholy Gans.
1: Okay. Oh, so another Gans.
0: Yes. Gans' alter ego. Okay.
1: Melancholy.
0: Or Mel, as people call him. Okay. Mel, Gans' alter ego. The more depressing person mm-hmm. behind Gans. Okay. When Gans th- gets too upset, too angry, too sad, too whatever, Mel will take over. And. So he's, he's sort of like,
1: like he's like the Hulk, but sad.
0: Uh, actually, I like to think he's a lot happier than Gans. Like he's more upbeat, more willing to make jokes, more.
1: Well, I just mean passionate. when he gets when he gets too upset, it's like this personality takes over. Yes. It's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or Incredible Hulk thing where he transforms into this. Okay. Yes. So why why is he your your number three?
0: Number three, I really like Gans, but I like his alter ego more. And just for the sheer fact that he is an alter ego, that is amazing. And his personality really, again, he's like all upbeat and peppy. He kind of of, like takes over for a bit and gets Gans in a better mood. So Mm. while he may be terrible in some ways, he's actually helping Gans in a way, I believe.
1: That's cool. Alright, number two. The runner up. (laughs) Cross. Cross. Who is Cross?
0: Cross, the main villain of the animation series uh, Underverse. He is part of a group called the Evil Sanses. He's not really a leader or anything, but he is the main villain. He is. He's only created by Underverse Kara who goes and steals half of Classic Sans's soul and gives it them to themselves, and they become Cross. So it's like, there's Cross, and then he has Underverse Kara as a ghost following him around, telling him what to do, and they are like besties, I guess.
1: Interesting. That's kind of freaky, but kind of cool.
0: Yes, and Cross has a giant knife, which, if he attacks anyone with it, he will gain control of them. And he steals code from all of these universes in an attempt to bring back his own home world, which has been destroyed for whatever reason.
1: The the giant knife, that that definitely sounds like a Kara thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's interesting. That's the whole point, because he's a cross between Kara and Sans.
0: Hence the name Cross. Hence
1: the name Cross. Alright. Number one. The, the big one. Who is the best AU Sans?
0: I'm going to have to say it really is a tie.
1: Uh-oh. Okay. Okay, I'll allow it. What is it?
0: It is a tie between the classic one himself and Dream.
1: Okay. So tell me about Dream Sans.
0: Dream Sans. He is the original... One from Dreamtale. He's the brother that didn't get corrupted in the original Dreamtale. He's just so sweet, so happy, so positive, which people should expect. He's the guardian of positivity. Goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's just so interesting. His entire AU is interesting, plus my favorite ship of all time as far as AUs go, Cream. Cross and Dream. I'm sorry! <laughs>
1: really so they they they've that's interesting so but it's like but then it's like you're dating yourself
0: Sansest is a thing
1: <laughs>
0: yes yes it's a thing but it's highly accepted by the AU community uh,
1: obviously okay <laughs>
0: like seriously it's gone gotten to the point where Ancest couples are having children and those children
1: are also having children. Would you ever date an alternate universe version of yourself? I think that would be weird.
0: I don't think I ever would, but I'm not sure.
1: I, I I think an alternate universe version of myself would really, like, annoy me. I think that would be I would not be down with that.
0: Like, which is one of the reasons why I think Another one of my favorite ships, um, Airberry, Uh really confuses me because it's like this super bouncy, bubbly person with someone who just hates everyone.
1: Well, like, that's funny.
0: How in the world did this happen? <laughs> and then, obviously, Classic is also at number one for being the Classic one. The one who inspired all of this.
1: Right. The the greatest Sans ever. Because he was the, the original...
0: He was the and original. And still the best. He was the original, still the best.
1: That's absolutely great. Thanks for this discussion about A.U. Sanses. I, I thought that this has been really fun. <laughs> uh, I hope that everyone else has really enjoyed this. And we will see you all next time on the Hall of Greatness.
0: Goodbye.
1: Meanwhile. Shut this off. Shut these all up. I'm warning you, turning off these machines would be extremely hazardous. I'll tell you what's hazardous. You're facing federal prosecution for at least a half a dozen environmental violations. Now, either you shut off these beams or we shut them up for you. All we have to
2: decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. You shut that thing down and we are not going to be held responsible On for contrary, whatever happens. To be no, we won't be. Shut it up! Hate is always foolish. Love is always wise.
1: I always try to be nice. They never fail to be kind. Don't shut it off. I'm warning you. I've never seen anything like this before. I don't know. I'm not interested in your opinion. Just shut it off.
2: Could be worse.
0: And to make a long story short. Too late. It's worse. Shut it off.